Hello there, listener. Yes, you specifically. You should know that sometimes, due to the things we discuss on the pod, it might contain potentially triggering content. But the good news is you can always review the episode descriptions for a full list of the warnings applicable to this episode. Oh, and just so you know, this podcast is rated R for really filthy. It includes adult themes and explicit content, so if you're an adult, buckle up, gird your loins, and prepare to flood the basement, because we are going down with these ships. No, but I just, I wanted to make sure, because I didn't want us to yes. have to do, like, inserts later and be like, oh, by the way, it's by actually way, Bella yeah, Mining. Blah, blah. Yeah. Or, like, or, or what was I thinking, like, every single time we're like, and once again, we don't know what we're doing next. So then all of a sudden, <laughs> yes. our, our episodes just be like, and yeah, we'll see you next time with whatever thing we do. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, I I just think we should just say that at the end of every episode. Mm-hmm. Just be like, we, we don't know what we're doing. <laughs> <laughs> we pretend we know what we're doing yeah visit our website at www.somehowthisgetsmade.com <laughs> <laughs> Welcome back to Care of Magical Shippers. Shippers. Yes. Not slashers. Shippers. (laughs) Shippers shippers for this week anyway. We'll we'll be slashers again soon, don't worry. Oh yeah, always. I'm Megs. And I'm Nathan. And what are we talking about this week, Megs? Tell us. Okay, 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 okay. So this week we decided to go like just completely off the rails, cracky, Mm -hmm. um, positively ridiculous. This popped in my head and I couldn't stop thinking about it. And so we're going to be doing (laughs) Gilderoy Lockhart. Yeah. And Minerva McGonagall. Yes, yes. <laughs> what? This is fire. Oh, yes. Yes, yes, yes. Yes. Yeah, so I... this one um, obviously is completely ridiculous because they are so, so different in so many ways. And of course, people would be like, oh, my gosh, like age gap, whatever. They are two consenting adults. They're fine. Like, they're Exactly, exactly. Yes. And I just love crack ships. I think yes. crack ships are incredible. I love the mindset that writers get into when they're like, what two characters can I shove together today? Mm-hmm, and I have mm-hmm. to say, when you when you suggested this to me, because I know we talked briefly about things like Snockhart before or like Snape and Moody. When you suggested yes. this to me, I was like, I don't know why I have never thought about McGonagall <laughs> and Lock. Mockheart together, but Mockheart is going yes. to be so good. Mockheart. And, and and so earlier on when you mentioned it to me, I was like, uh, I have this visual of McGonagall turning into her cat, animagus form, and transfiguring Gilderoy into a ball of wool or yarn just to play <laughs> with him. And starts chewing on the street. End of the street. Of course she does. And then when he transforms back, his hair is all grizzled. And you yes, know, he's are, got like a couple <laughs> scratches all over his yeah. face. Yeah. And, you know, it's it's vaguely traumatising for him, but he enjoys it. I think mm-hmm. in this relationship, Gilderoy is definitely more submissive. Just, just lets yes. himself be thrown about because who doesn't love that from time to time? Right? Because I see him being obviously the one to pursue Minerva. But as mm. far as like when they're actually together, obviously she's going to be the dominant one. But I just... I, what was it? I had a thought that, um, cause of course Gilderoy comes up with the like, um, singing Valentine's yes, for, yes. you know, Valentine's day. And it's like, oh, send the person, you know, that you love or crush on like a singing Valentine. Well, he sends one like every single class period to McGonagall, like different yes. like sonnets and songs and things. And she's just like, oh my God, I'm going to kill him. 
<laughs> Either be it that like he's trying to like woo her or they are already in a relationship and she's just like, I told him we have to be inconspicuous and this is just the most he's like, I'm sorry, I just love you so much. Yeah. He's just so extra. And even after she sends away all of the like emissaries that sing all the songs, yes. he sends her the equivalent of howlers, but they're love letters. So they it's just mag- magically magnified, like yes. declaring his undying love for Minerva yes. to the whole classroom. Doesn't care who's listening. Everyone yeah. gets to be clued in on this because as far as he's concerned, he's in love and he's the mm-hmm. most, you know, the best wizard in the world. Yes. So everybody deserves to know how happy he is about mm-hmm, this. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, I could just see her being one of the first, like... So I can see Lockhart being like into older women. Like he's just like total, like total, like loves a MILF because he's got all these older married women who are like reading his books and he's meeting and he's never like, he doesn't have a relationship of his own because he just like thrives off of that. Mm -hmm. And when he comes to Hogwarts and he meets an older woman Mm -hmm. who doesn't think he's the cat's pajamas, he sees it as a challenge. And so he, you know, goes, tries to convince her differently. And then as he goes, he's just like, falls more and more and more for her because of how much harder she's trying to, you know, whatever, deter him from his advances. And I, yeah, I just, I love it. Like, I think that I feel like he, as much as he loves to be praised, I mean, I feel like praise kink would be a thing, but also I don't think he would be against like shame kink. Because <laughs> she would just like, it would be the first time when someone like really kind of like knocked him down in a while. And he was just like, like, oh, how could you? I don't know. I don't so, know. I just so think what it's are funny. You, what are you saying? Are they doing it on his witch weeklies? Like, because <laughs> that could would be. Could you imagine um, on his desk covered in his signed photos? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, so, it's literally the ultimate humiliation because all of the versions of him are like scrambling out of the way trying to yes. not get squashed by oh what's my happening gosh. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, but then on the flip side i could see him with whoever like maybe he did this in the past because of course he's like he's so obsessed with himself but he's the guy who has a mirror you know what i mean yeah like does the mirror sex thing yes oh definitely and um has his portraits everywhere. So it's like the whole time he's like, I'm into you, but what's really getting me going is the fact that I can see me everywhere. Right, exactly. And so, so you know the way some people might quite like to take a photo during mm-hmm. some some fun time and keep it? I absolutely think he has those that are then, you know, magically moving or whatever. And yeah. he still signs them because mm-hmm. they're, you know, precious moments to him. Uh, I don't think they happen very often for him because I don't think there are very many people that would put up with his level of ego. But right. I definitely think that if and when they happen that's what would would happen with those because Mm -hmm. I definitely see Minerva as being one of those characters that would not put up with any of his bombast and so Mm -hmm. one of the better ways to shut him up Mm -hmm. is definitely to turn him on. Yes and I could see the moment things shifting for Minerva as like maybe it was an instance where like he was in his office or thought he was alone and was like trying to practice a spell like before a class and was like it just obviously wasn't going well and he was getting really like defeated and you know knocked down and then she like got to see a sense of vulnerability in him that no one sees because obviously to everyone else he does no wrong and yeah yeah and i love the idea of her trying to cover for his blunders so like covering up the you know the magical incompetence cleaning up his magical messes Mm -hmm. Uh, i mean we see some of the the scrapes he gets into in chamber of secrets but i think it would be really funny if it like even the charms used to bewitch the the little um things that go around sending the valentines Mm -hmm. even if mcgonagall had to do that in secret and she's like rolling her eyes sending each one off you know yes like she's the one who actually gets it to to actually go into practice oh my gosh that's so funny yeah 
Yeah. And I think for her, more than just mothering him, I think she appreciates uh, being validated as an older woman as well. Mm-hmm. Because because mm-hmm. uh, the I think so we, we touched on her article on Pottermore a while back. Um, and she's lived a pretty lonely life. Like, yeah. um, uh, like canonically, she fell in love with a muggle and it didn't work out. And she uh, she's been lonely and unhappy for quite a long time. So to get this amount of validation and this amount of like, uh, you know, initial pressure from Gilderoy, but then mm-hmm. acceptance and love, I think she absolutely, much as his personality grates on her, I think she could absolutely love that mm-hmm. as well. And she definitely taught him when he went to Hogwarts. Oh, I didn't think of this, but yes. So he he probably was like the cute, but like like knew he was cute, but obviously a struggling student who <laughs> was just adoring her. And she was just like, oh my gosh, like office hours, he's constantly there. And she's just like, what? now like (laughs) what now just like oh i just wanted to like show you blah 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 blah. and it's just like she was like just waiting for the day that like he graduated or whatever and maybe he kept writing her and like he would send her copies like uh, advanced copies of his book yes to kind of try and show off that he's like see i've you know i'm doing great things even though he didn't actually do them but he's like had his sights on her ever since school oh my god God, that is incredible. I love that. <laughs> I, I love it and I hate it at the same time, but it makes me love it more. Um, I just think he's definitely, like, we know he loves to show off. My question yeah. is though, how would any sane teacher allow that man to graduate? When I all- don't know. When all he's good at are memory charms, unless he used to be more competent with magic and then Mm -hmm. something. So, so my headcanon might be that he was fine with magic until Mm -hmm. he was doing a memory charm on somebody one day and it kind of backfired. And so went all funky. Yeah. Mm. Or somebody Mm -hmm. cursed him and it was like the next spell you use will be the only one you're able to successfully do ever again. I could see him because obviously he continues to use it um, going forward, but he charms people like kind of like a Tom Riddle almost like he convinces a teacher maybe to like not give him as bad of a grade or like I promise next time it won't whatever. Like he probably schmoozes and butt kisses his way like out Mm. of things and he knows that he can. Um, So that's probably I think about it. But what I think is hilarious is that I think it's like toward his last feet couple years in school was when Snape started teaching potions. Oh. But of course, Snape would have his standards for his NEWT classes. So he probably wasn't, you know, teaching him. And uh, but still, I just think it's so funny for the, you know, the thought that Lockhart was like there when Snape first started teaching. And then I'm sure he saw Lockhart around and I could just see that teasing. And so that's where kind of, you know, Snockhart can come into play, obviously, with yeah. with that. But um, but yeah, he was definitely crushing on McGonagall. Like he was, you know, writing like Gilderoy, you know, Lockhart McGonagall or something. <laughs> yeah, it, it's etched into the desk, yes. probably with a with with a with a scalpel because he can't do it with the oh, wand. So he's yeah. like etching it into the wood with just like muggles wood. Yes. Um, and she's and she goes round her classroom at the end and just sees this and she's like rolling her eyes at it, yeah. like not thinking that years later mm-hmm. things would actually happen. But she doesn't get rid of it, you know, like she could probably easily like fix the wood. You know what I mean? Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. It's the same. It's the same idea as Flitwick not getting rid of that last little yes. patch of swamp. Yes. Yeah. That Fred and George make because he's he was like, this is a really good bit of magic. Mm-hmm. I'm going to leave that, and maybe McGonagall just enjoys that little bit of attention, even though she like outwardly has to yes. be, oh my god, yeah. you know, um, and just annoyed at it. Uh, behind that professional veneer, she's liking it secretly. Yeah. And or s- perhaps he just keeps 
redoing it, you know, like every class, like she would like get rid. Yeah. So finally she reached a point of like, whatever, fine. Like <laughs> it's just every time he's like, he's not paying attention in class. He's just carving on the desk and maybe she calls him out and, oh, he, oh my gosh. Okay. Okay. So he definitely acts out in her class to get detention. You know what I mean? Yes, like she's definitely, yeah, she, he wants his private time with Minerva. <laughs> yeah. And then, you know, and, and she's, so she sets him lines or whatever mm-hmm. and he, he's not even concentrating. Mm-hmm. Like he's just practicing his like loopy signature, yes. but it's like Gilderoy and McGonagall, yes. Gilderoy and yes, McGonagall yes, over yes, and over yes. and over. And, and then, uh, and she sees this and she, and there's nothing she can really do to mm-hmm. extensively reprimand him or whatever. And then remembering this from years later when mm-hmm. they do get together, she remembers it and now she sort of thinks about it fondly. Yeah. Whereas at the time it might have been like, oh my God, I can't believe right. I have to sit through another detention with this dolt. I, you know? I know, it's like, oh gosh, he needs St. Mungo's. Like why is he just so obsessed with, oh my gosh. And of course it's, it's Hogwarts. So if something's off or weird or sketch, it's just normal. Like they don't do anything uh, about it. They don't do anything. No, no. They're just like, oh yeah, boy obsessed with teacher. Who cares? Uh, That's fine. And you just know it's like that scene from Mamma Mia where it's like, uh, when I kiss the teacher. Oh, yes, <laughs> yes, yes, yes. And that's what's going on in his yes. head. Like all the time. Oh. So that's why when he comes back to teach at Hogwarts, that's what's running through his head. And that's why he has the big Valentine's mm-hmm. Day celebration. Mm-hmm. And he's like, I obviously love somebody very proudly. Yes. So I want the whole world to share in this philosophy. Mm-hmm. And uh, I I can just, I think had he gotten his way entirely, he would have made, he would have wanted to make, like cast like musical charms. Mm. So you know the way in some fanfic, characters just start singing for no yes. reason. And there's just songs mm-hmm. <laughs> like in the middle of, in the middle of fic. Like that's what he would do for Valentine's mm-hmm. Day, given his way. So he definitely showed up late to staff meetings just for McGonagall to yell at him. Oh my God. You know God. what I mean? I Yes, I never even thought of this, yeah. but maybe, maybe his magical incompetence is put on just so... Uh, he can have her corrected, mm. like just so, just so it's like he can have her fix it, and like, and he knows that even though she's like visibly annoyed by yes. this, that there's also another level to it. So maybe he's just, I mean. Uh, maybe his incompetence like part of it is real but at least part of it is is put on because he's like well I have to play I have to ham this up you know Gilderoy is so he's an actor he's so um, he's such a lovey he's he's egging everything up everything is a is a giant performance and so I have to believe that even his um dumbassery mm-hmm. if we want to call it that has a sort of theatrical flourish to it for her, yeah. for her and you know that when like the sign went up for dueling club she just like rolled her eyes so hard because it probably was another <laughs> yes. ploy to like get her attention like oh, i'm gonna be teaching students how to duel and of course the first thing she'd be like that is the absolute worst and most dangerous idea i have ever heard of <laughs> Yeah, exactly. So I have some thoughts on this. Number one, why in the dueling club is it Snape and not Flitwick? Because Flitwick is a dueling champion. And number two, why isn't McGonagall there? Because we see how good good of a duelist she is when she's battling Snape. Yeah, I... uh, Because what is it? Because, well, I mean, of course it's different when it comes to the Valentine thing because he asks, he says on behalf of a bunch of teachers, like, oh, Severus could teach you a love potion and Flitwick knows, like, something charms and, like, Flitwick, like, like, hits himself in the face or, you know, something like that. So (laughs) I imagine that he probably didn't ask like he like kind of maybe he didn't ask for help and Dumbledore put Snape up to it because Gilderoy wasn't going to be shown up by Flitwick you know what I mean okay yeah yeah I kind of yeah I kind of Snape's the babysitter for everybody let's be real But also, if there's somebody, like, this is also why I think Snockhart works, because if there's someone that wants to match, 
Lockhart for levels of dramatic intensity mm-hmm. and drama. It is Snape. Uh, and they both, you know, they're both just twirling the capes. And I was going to say, they're both like dramatically spinning around to walk away and their cape just goes flying. <laughs> and it's just, oh my gosh, they're so extra. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's so oh, good. But I definitely think it was probably a ruse to get McGonagall involved. Yeah. Uh, and she saw through it or or Snape just decided, no, do you know what I wanna I want to do this? Because, you know, um that that sweet, sweet humiliation will be will be so good to watch unfold. Mm-hmm. But uh but I definitely I would love to see the fanfic where McGonagall and Lockhart have their own private dueling club. Oh. <laughs> uh, yeah. Um I so they're they're literally throwing each other about <laughs> and then, you know, things <laughs> A different sort of uh dueling, different wands involved. <laughs> Uh, possibly uh, whether whether or not they'll be bowing beforehand is uh, is I suppose up to the yeah, author. Up to interpretation. But, uh, oh my goodness. Yeah, but um, so when you first floated the idea for this ship to me, I remember that I said to you, I could totally imagine Minerva saying, "Oh, Gilderoy, would would you find the entrance to my chamber of secrets?" <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, because it's like you said that you knew how to find, you knew exactly where it was. Well you should prove it <laughs> yeah exactly and oh. so he and so he sets out to do yes. that i imagine with a great deal of enthusiasm mm-hmm. and absolutely no finesse mm-hmm. whatsoever but but you know but also he's good looking enough that she she'll put up yeah. with that because you know or maybe he misinterprets her and she is talking about his ridiculousness and the nonsense with the chamber of secrets and she says something in some kind of way like and so then he he drops to his knees and starts pulling up her skirts. And she's like, what the heck are you doing? <laughs> and she's just like, not again. Oh, not again. <laughs> Yeah, oh my gosh oh. i just i just what do you think the the breaking point would be for her to actually be open to a relationship with him um i think she'd have to be very like i don't know if mcgonagall canonically drinks um oh no but we see her at well, the they go to the she goes to the three broomsticks yeah, we, we see her at the yeah. three broomsticks she's ha- she's having fire whiskey yeah. so i think maybe a couple of fire whiskeys in uh and she's you know mm-hmm. one day she's had a particularly bad day particularly stressful new class or whatever it happens to be mm-hmm. and then he's there you know pressing his advances and she just goes no do you know what i've had a hard mm-hmm. day let's just let's just see what mm-hmm. happens and then she and then she sees what happens and she actually about maybe about halfway through she's like oh actually this isn't this so isn't bad you know so bad <laughs> <laughs> What is it? She's like in, she's in her 60s and he's 28 when he teaches at Hogwarts. That is quite the age difference. Oh my. Yeah. I I could also see her going through like waves of like insecurity too, because because she's older and just being like, why me? Like why on earth when you have all these women like sending you letters, sending you parcels full of i'm sure unmentionables like you have you could have anyone like why would you choose me and it's just i love that opportunity to be like you know him trying to prove to her and maybe enter valentine's day when he's just like i'm going to tell everyone how i feel about you and she's like we did not talk about this and so she appreciates (laughs) it as well as mortified at the same time and uh but yeah yeah i i just feel like for him it's a new kind of challenge Mm -hmm. and it's one he can do you know it doesn't require magic so he feels that he's up to it because he knows he's good looking and he knows that 
you know, women have been fawning over him, but I think for him, the attraction is like you said, because McGonagall isn't, she doesn't think he's the best thing since sliced bread. Mm -hmm. And she's not fawning over him that he's like, oh, here's one I have to win. And, you know, and so he puts on his best uh, florid voice and his his most um, chiffony Mm -hmm. robes. And he's constantly like trying to uh, make her see why she is the 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 object of his affections mm-hmm. um often like you said it'll be annoying she'll be in class and they'll be i i see him dismissing his classes early all the time just so he can like loiter casually outside her classroom when like the end of class or when she's like getting ready to leave he's just like casually there and she walks out and she just like rolls her eyes and just starts like stomping the other direction and she's like he's like oh Minerva I had no idea I would run into you here like he's just like yeah. just any opportunity yeah. and she's just like oh my god like when is he going to leave me alone she goes to Dumbledore and he's like you know there's a curse this will be it'll just be one year <laughs> you can manage and and he gives her a present and it's a portrait of him Mm -hmm. but you know the way you can talk to portraits and get them to move in and out of frames so the portrait actually has twin frames he keeps one in his office and he gives the other one to her and he's forever sending his like portrait selves with missives and messages and like little love Mm -hmm. notes and it just gets so distracting that in the end she's just like no I have to, for one way or another, I have to silence this. So she marches over to him and things happen. Yes, and things um, yeah. happen. Yeah, I see her on occasion just having to like flip it down on her desk. Like she actually like has it like it's a small one just like propped up on her desk. And then she's just like, oh my gosh, you're too much right now. Like just yeah. has those moments where it's like you just have to take a breather from your significant other. And he's because you're just like, <laughs> you're so much like you're so much. You're just so much. I love you, but oh my gosh. the definition so- of extra. Yes. <laughs> and then you just hear from the muffled portrait. But I love you so I much. I know. Oh, for sure. He's definitely still talking and she's just like, oh God. Um, and you know he's buying her like the most luxurious tartan accessories like all the yes. time. And she's just like, oh my gosh. And I reckon as like romantic incentives, he will take her to Quidditch games because he knows how much of a Quidditch fan mm-hmm. she is. And so it's not only like tartan accessories, but like things about like women in Quidditch, like books and uh, matches, every sort of, you know, all the paraphernalia that goes with that. Like I, I see him absolutely finding out every single one of her interests mm-hmm. and then like making gift baskets mm-hmm. or they, like they'll go on picnics and she she finds it all so intense and so extra mm-hmm. but underneath all that she's she is actually smitten with the sweet sweetness of it as well yes yes because it's like at first it seemed like so much but then she realized that it's like wow this is this is genuine for him like it's not just him like flaunting like it's she can start seeing the different sides of him like oh that's public extra Gilderoy this is romantically focused relationship centric you know, Gilderoy. I could definitely see him bribing her to go on a date because he got, you know, he got like really good tickets to some Quidditch game because of course he's so famous and maybe like, maybe it was a female team. And of course they were like, oh, you know, you can have like top box tickets or whatever, like to give him. And so then he's like, can I get a second? And they're like, well, for who? Like, and then he comes, he shows up with Minerva and then all the girls are just like, what? Like, (laughs) just like, what is he doing here? with her and and McGonagall's like having a great time but trying not to show that she's having as great of a time as she is and he's just like acting like a really excitable child and she finds it so cute and endearing and that's what I love because it's like he's he's like a bouncy ball and she's just kind of like (laughs) chilling there next to him just letting him she's like just just let him tire himself out you know what I mean like just just let him tire himself out then when we get home he'll just like flop on the bed and just go to sleep and it will be (laughs) be great 
he is the literal definition of an excitable puppy and uh and i feel like he's oh my god so maybe he trans uh, he gets transfigured into a puppy at times because she calls him that so she'll go into her cat Uh form and she transfigures him into a puppy and they just are like like cute little animals together that's really that is just (laughs) does he have does he have what do we think if he had an animagus form what do you think it would be it'd probably be like a pygmy puff (laughs) he just turns into a pygmy puff I don't know. It's like cute and small and fluffy. I could see him as like some like fancy, froofy, like fluffy cat. Like he'd also be a cat because of course like cats are like adore me, like worship me sort mm-hmm. of like personalities. And I could just... So you think he'd be like a sphinx cat because they're really showy and expensive. No? Yeah. No? Yeah. But I just, no, I just, I picture like a super like posh, fluffy white cat, like with like a, you know, like diamond studded collar and like you know like oh my god um so oh like aristocat so duchess he's totally the duchess yes (laughs) or have you seen that so i'm thinking of the is it the the little dog in in um pocahontas the the one with the bow yeah the little the white fluffy one i the and it, it's like eating the fruit and sitting in the little in the bath. bath. Yeah. Yes. Just, that, that's how I'm picturing him. I mean, that, but in cat form. Oh my gosh. Okay. No, but he, okay. He could actually be probably like a super excitable dog too. Like he's just like yeah. so much, like a Jack Russell because they have yeah. so much energy and he's just like hype all the time and just would be running circles around Minerva and she'd just be like, oh my God. I just oh. I just love the idea of her just being like openly like expressing as if it was annoyance with him but of course like inside she's just like oh my gosh he's just like so cute but I just can't handle it all the time and but like she just has genuine feelings for him but it's it's yeah. she has to learn how to like manage him like I could see people being like how the heck do you handle it and it's just like you just have to let him go until he stops like you just yeah. let him run out of steam <laughs> like <laughs> there's no point like trying to you know stop things or whatever yeah exactly exactly i just i see that he for her can really bring out her fun side as well because i think so much of what we see of her is uh professorial and professional Mm -hmm. and very detached and almost cold and we we see the mask slips occasionally whenever you know harry does well in quidditch or you know she's really worried about harry or whatever Mm -hmm. but we don't really see very many tender or emotional moments with minerva and i i think because he's such a an excitable little puppy Mm -hmm. like she can't but help sometimes just be drawn into that energy and it's so as much as it can can be annoying mm-hmm. in small doses it's also incredibly exciting for her mm-hmm. because it's it's giving vent to this playful side to herself that she doesn't really mm-hmm. let loose with a hell of a lot of the time so it's like therapy for her in a way yes. as well okay so i'm gonna take things in a completely different direction okay how do you think minerva would handle the memory accident that sends gilderoy to saint mongo's permanently so i was gonna it's funny because that's exactly what I was going to talk to you about. Um, so I think I love the idea because we've been talking about this ship in a purely cracky sense yes. until now mm-hmm. but I also mm-hmm. love the idea that she is one of the people who after he's had the accident um, for some reason for whatever reason like you say she taught him at Hogwarts so when he's remembering people mm-hmm. hers is one of the names or the faces that keeps coming up in his head mm-hmm. and so he tries to first he draws her face or whatever and then yeah. Yeah. He starts remembering her name and then the nurses see or the healers i should say see that this this person keeps coming up in his mm-hmm. his work and so they say you know they find minerva and they say well would you come to st mungo's uh because you know this keeps cropping up and it's obviously got something to do with you and i see it actually being a really wholesome ship mm-hmm. that she starts helping him build his life back together and because of 
all of the stuff that is sort of uh, left by the wayside because mm-hmm. all of the all of the you know travels across the world and whatever you, you know she can she can gloss over that it's not it's not important mm-hmm. um she sort of she builds him back more like the student she knew mm-hmm. rather than the famous man he became right and i see that being really touching and wholesome mm-hmm. and and quite heartwarming in a way so kind of like how with our arthur lucius episode that i thought of the you've got mail au now mm-hmm. i'm imagining 51st dates yes. <laughs> i was too <laughs> As soon as they were like, he was drawing her face. The healers came in and they were like, something's happening. She's he's remembering something. And I was that's exactly what I was picturing. So I was like, how can we make this Hogwarts like like Wizarding World edition of Fifty First Dates? Like, and then it just it shows. Imagine the like the um, role reversal of Minerva all of a sudden becoming the romantic one, you know, versus like him always doing every little thing. Like she thinks of all the little things he ever did for her that made her feel like wanted, valued, loved and she does it in return for him because she knows that it's something that he loved doing for her and he gets so excited about it every time. Yeah. 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 It's and it's just in those little gestures of, you know, when when she's teaching him to uh maybe send off a copy of a book again mm-hmm. and and like learning how to sign his name mm-hmm. but she's holding his like quill hand while she's guiding his mm-hmm. hand to do it mm-hmm. it's so all these little cute moments and like, i know we started off in a, in a super crack headspace mm-hmm. but now i'm like this is actually really potentially quite sweet mm-hmm. and of course you know she just wants i i could see her just wanting somebody to care for as well yeah because she because she she teaches all these students year on year but Mm -hmm. then they grow up and they go off and you know after seven years she doesn't see them again Mm -hmm. and this is this is gilderoy came back to her but then had the accident and so whatever romance they had had to have been really short-lived and then yeah you know disaster struck and then she thought well that's that's it i'm i'm lonely i'm on my own again mm-hmm. and then out of the blue she gets contacted by st mungo's at three years later to be like he's remembering you and it goes and you know, I'm so. I'm, how am I so invested in this? I it's so good. See, that's the thing. It's like we just. Oh God, yeah, we totally went full circle. <laughs> oh man, so. Oh gosh, and then what? Oh God, what about what if? What if when he started to remember her? Because this is like potentially two years later, she gets mm-hmm. permission from Saint Mungo's to take him to the Quidditch World Cup. Oh my God. Oh my God, that would be yes. incredible. Mm-hmm. Do you think she would have to disguise him so as he wouldn't be recognized? I don't know. I don't think so because he he mentions there that he's like, I he's like, I must be someone famous because I keep getting all this fan mail and he's still like sending like there's oh, like yeah. yeah, like there's still fans that contact him and send him letters. So I feel like he would just thrive in the attention without feeling feeling the need to like I don't think people would know that he didn't remember things because he would just be th- like just basking in the praise or excitability of other people around him so and then Minerva would probably just be at the side like happy for him to be interacting with other people and to to be you know bringing in the admiration but then on the other side of things would be bittersweet because she feels like she isn't enough for him now because that's something that he needs I could also see her being like not like pretending them to be not romantically involved but being like the person that he knows like he knows that there was some sort of connection with her and so she comes and spends time with him takes him on outings and maybe she just 
it takes a while, but then he realizes like, oh, you're not like, you know, my like a caretaker or someone who like knew me as a kid. What we had was different. And so it's like another sort of like notebook too. So we have the notebook and then we have 50 first yeah. dates. It's just like, oh. It's very, very quickly becoming a romantic comedy mm-hmm. slash, uh, you know, I don't want to say uh, it, it ends tragically, but this is, but we are setting it up like yeah. it can't last as well no. um i yeah i i i don't know i all these all these films with sort of caregivers and, and but then it becomes something more it's always like yeah it's a temporary thing yeah maybe maybe as he gets more of his memory back he starts to realize the sort of egotist he used to be and then maybe once that happens he's like wait i'm batting below my average here like I could explore with other people and so I don't want to go down that route because I don't like I don't like dwelling on heartbreak I also don't want to feel like McGonagall deserves to be heartbroken again (laughs) Mm -hmm. so I want them to end happily but I think we have to talk about the possibility that uh, one of them moves on for for reasons as well I also see him you know asking questions like how do i know you how do i know you and she's just like oh we work together or whatever and then he's like no it's like something else and like at some point she like leaves like a photo that we they took together or something like that like maybe they went on vacation or even just like some something and she just leaves it there and he sees it and then either like it triggers some memories or when she he comes back maybe he's really hurt because he's like why didn't you tell me you know this whole time like maybe it's like months of them spending time together and he didn't realize what he was feeling was something genuine because maybe he had feelings for her like he could feel himself falling for her but didn't think that they had any chance of a relationship like that just to show that they did already and she just was hiding it essentially oh yeah. man because she didn't want to scare him <laughs> off yeah. she wouldn't want to scare him off and so i could see her wanting to reintroduce herself into his life slowly and mm-hmm. with great care and almost trepidation because she doesn't want to startle him mm-hmm. and she's had such uh, heartbreaking experiences with love in the past as well so I see that she is you know wanting to tread very carefully yeah. but then once Gilderoy gets wind of hold on we were we were involved beforehand and now you know and you're only letting me find this out what months later mm-hmm. um, then you know but then I could see that uh that all of the the tension and the tears and everything else just re- like resolving itself with some some passionate lovemaking <laughs> in the end as well oh oh my gosh you know that they're so kinky they're just so kinky on so many levels well mcgonagall has to be right yeah. she has to be yeah you're not telling me she okay she is a wise woman and yes. she's seen a lot of things i have to know that she is at least, you know, because I see her having a lot of romantic experience, mm-hmm. even if she's not been involved with that many people. Right. I see her maybe having had a lot of flings or one night stands or mm-hmm. whatever. And so she, she's she been around the block. She knows what she likes. And I... Minnie the man-eater. <laughs> <laughs> Minnie the Minx. Minnie the Minx. Yeah, no, absolutely. It's kind of like similar to uh, when we talked about like Hermione in, I think, our, the Hermione episode about how like she's read up on everything and she's yeah. walking those boys through exactly what she wants. And, yeah. but I could definitely see, you know, there's potential for praise kink because he's into that, shame kink because it's the opposite of what he normally gets. And then yeah. obviously, obviously, some mommy kink because he's uh-huh. gonna love being you know like just like i just oh god it's just it's just yeah. i could just see him oh god it's just yeah and then oh. i see her like or i see him asking her to like dress up as a photographer and then and, like, a pretend she, yes. yeah exactly yes. and like pretend she's from the daily prophet to yes. do like the photo shoot for for like a boudoir spread yes. for witch weekly or something but the, and she's like directing him to like slowly remove like items of clothing yes, and he's just yeah, like exactly. oh 
<laughs> pretending it's like I don't know about that. And just like, just, I'm oh. feeling really self conscious. <laughs> just oh my gosh, that would totally be an absolute role play of theirs. Wow, I love that so much. <laughs> oh. Okay, I I know I've asked our listeners to send us some <laughs> pretty interesting fanfic in the, the past, past, but I think this this thing that I'm going to ask you for right now is probably the nearest and dearest to my heart. I need, please, that fan fiction where it's their role play. Oh my and, gosh. And I just, I, but I want it for the humour. It doesn't even have to be sexy. Yes. It could just be the stuff leading up to the sex, oh. but just the, the banter between them because she's so dry and sardonic and, and aloof and he's so full on. I just, I, I just please want more of that. If you have it in you to write something like that for us. It's too bad it's like well past like prompting for the HP Rare Pair Fest like oh, yeah. thing. And that would be a perfect prompt. It's like <laughs> Lockhart slash McGonagall. McGonagall is a role play as photographer and they're having a, you know, doudoir shoot. <laughs> <laughs> And things, uh, things happen. Oh my gosh. Oh, so fun. So <laughs> would it be possible if he hadn't had the memory charm thing? Yeah. Being how Hogwarts is run, do you think he would still have his job? Uh, yeah, I do. Because I I really b- fundamentally believe that there's no vetting process. Yeah. There's, there's no uh, like independent regulatory body checking on the competency of these teachers. Mm-hmm. Like I really do think that he's famous enough and connected enough that if he doesn't undergo the memory charm backfire, of course he's hanging on to that job. Mm -hmm. It's, you know... No one's checking his classes. Mm-hmm. Presumably students are complaining, but no one's listening to the complaints. So he could just stay there for as long as he likes. And then they still have the DA. The DA yeah. could still happen for different reasons. You know what I mean? Like exactly. They're like, Mary, you need to teach us this guy is so incompetent. <laughs> So so then I'm just now realizing that in the perhaps the most cursed twist of them all Lockhart and Umbridge could get together over their mutual like inability to competently teach. teach. Oh my uh, goodness. And uh, you know when their their hatred of the job and really their hatred of mm-hmm. of everybody mm-hmm. um and I just yeah I mean obviously I prefer Mark because it's so much more wholesome yeah. and funny, but I can it's totally now. see that. <laughs> can't believe how we took it took it where we took it wow yeah yeah but no i absolutely think he does he hangs on to it and he probably gets more accolades Mm -hmm. and probably does even more dangerous things like can you imagine if lockhart was teaching during the triwizard cup time Mm. yeah fourth year oh wow because he he's got to be like oh i battled a norwegian ridgeback you know in my in my fourth year myself at Hogwarts yeah. or something. He's uh, out there and- with the dragons in the forest and his like his hair's getting singed and whatever and he's just like Oh it's my just... god, what if Gilderoy gets charged with putting the cup in the maze and he accidentally like trips as he's going to place it uh-huh. and ends up being teleported to the graveyard and Voldemort's just like, who is this? <laughs> what What's <laughs> going on? And oh. you're like five hours too early. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh he's just like oh dingy sort of place this is <laughs> you know like when he falls into the chamber <laughs> do you live, live here, here? <laughs> <laughs> technically it was his you know off his dad's house way back in the whatever but yeah oh my gosh that's so funny that would probably be the most quickly placed imperious curse in the history mm-hmm. of imperious curses I yeah. feel like he would get better though like if he and McGonagall were in a relationship and were both teachers like he would finally own up to his limitations and like she would actually he would be open to and eagerly anticipating her to like help him like to teach him like they would have their lessons and then maybe she rewards him when she went 
like positive yeah. reinforcement. Yeah. What yeah. if he went on to teach something akin to the equivalent of wizard social studies? Mm-hmm. Because he's been to all these countries. Mm-hmm. He has traveled around the world. He's met people from all different walks of life. Mm-hmm. What if he ends up teaching something that isn't, that doesn't require magic as a competency, but that is more of a, a social studies thing? Mm-hmm. So that he's teaching what he knows because he he has a lot of knowledge he's bound to. Mm -hmm. And I can see him loving genuinely imparting actual wisdom and getting a lot from that because of the positive reinforcement he'd get from students then. Mm -hmm. His own, like I could see his relationship with himself becoming better and just then he becomes much more of a a listener partner Mm -hmm. where he's really you know he'll come back home to McGonagall at the end of the day or whatever and just be like so what happened with you and just being really there for her Mm -hmm. as opposed to needing to be helped Mm -hmm. through life and I really I I like to think that anybody can outgrow their flaws and granted he has some pretty big flaws to outgrow Mm -hmm. but if he's going to do it i absolutely see mcgonagall advocating for a different teaching position for him Mm -hmm. i even like the fact that uh harry could come back when he's uh done his eighth year or whatever Mm -hmm. and teach Lockhart himself and then they overcome a lot of their like past baggage or drama or whatever mm-hmm, mm-hmm. interesting and I think Harry would just about be patient enough to do that as well because he is now done with his world saving thing mm-hmm. so he's got to find ways to tamp it down a little bit and and figure out like practical ways to help people that don't involve dying for them mm-hmm. you know um, and I think little things like that uh, it, it has to validate Gilderoy it validates Harry and I could see Minerva being instrumental in setting that up mm-hmm. you know Harry doesn't Harry doesn't want to do it initially uh, he's a bit reluctant but you know if Eventually, what if eventually it's realised that all wizards need therapy and part eventually. of eventually, yeah, finally, like, a, mm-hmm. like post eighth year or whatever, it's accepted that all wizards are gay, all wizards need therapy, mm-hmm. and uh, and so all of this reconciliatory stuff can happen. You know, if Moody didn't die, uh, how much? of his uh, how how many people would need to apologize to him for like thinking he was mental and crazy yeah. and off the wall and uh, but that cuz he'd been through so much trauma mm-hmm. like everybody like ultimately if you've listened to me ramble for long enough you know that I love when things get a nice resolution mm-hmm. it's probably one of the reasons I'm most annoyed at the epilogue because it pretends to be a resolution when it isn't one yeah. And I just want to see characters getting what's good for them mm-hmm. and, and what's right for them. Because as we've discussed, fanfic is our therapy. Yes. And if Gilderoy can be redeemed uh, through Minerva, mm-hmm. then anybody can. Mm-hmm. And I just, I want to see it happen. Yeah. So maybe one of our bonus episodes should actually be like redemption centric mm-hmm. and what the epilogue should actually be. Mm-hmm. Like rewriting the epilogue. Yes. That could be fun. Yeah. I think that there's only two Gilderoy Minerva fix on AO3. <laughs> if Are you serious? If research is, uh, is correct. And I believe one of them was like a side pairing in like probably some sort of crack. <laughs> something uh so obviously we need more content for this but it didn't stop us obviously so yeah there <laughs> we can talk about anything literally anything <laughs> oh. we just love we like this week i was really excited to just get a bit mad mm-hmm. um and crazy because you know we've been doing conventional ships mm-hmm. or uh, you know or, or sensible ships you know whatever you want to call it i have been pressing you to be like can we do crack this week can we do can we can we crack please mm-hmm. please mm-hmm. more crack please and then eventually you relented and you were like fine we'll do a crack pairing <laughs> But it's so fun. Yeah, it no, is. this is great. Yeah. This is great. I am 
already excited to start thinking of more crack pairing ideas Mm -hmm. for more episodes like this if you enjoyed this one and you've decided that what you really like listening to are our silly head cannons (laughs) for pairings that are cursed and really definitely genuinely don't belong together but we'll make it work then get get in touch with those yes. i mean we we might not necessarily be always able to make episodes about them mm-hmm. because some of them are so out there that we that's that falls even outside of the purview of this podcast yes. which gets pretty wild um but send us your ideas because it's those that we love and you know if you're excited about it we'll get excited about it and we talk about stuff in the discord all the time so if you have thoughts or anything like that's a great place to do it yeah or if you just have like a random thought and it comes to you one day when you're on the commute to work or something drop it to our telegram or our google voice Mm -hmm. which are lovely ways to get in touch where uh we can like respond instantly to you Mm -hmm. especially telegram it's so we have we have fun nathan and i are sending us each other messages all day long so hearing from you guys is just that would just be such a treat for sure oh yeah i mean i just i love the idea of just instantly getting that audience interaction and you know when someone's excited about something Mm -hmm. and their that enthusiasm is infectious Mm -hmm. i feel like that carries over because that's what happened with tamari you got you read the love of a good wizard Mm -hmm. and you got so excited Mm -hmm. about it you were like oh my god nathan and you know <laughs> however many episodes later this is yes. we are still excited, excited about yeah. that mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. yeah yeah you said that really irish then you were like Ex- very excited, excited? i'm very excited i don't know excited <laughs> Exci- Ex- excited excited i don't know i'm Sometimes so excited I'm very sharp with t's i think i don't know ha, ta, 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 ta. i'm not speaking parcel tongue i'm speaking i don't know woodpecker ta, 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 ta. <laughs> So Megs's Patronus is a woodpecker. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. So next time I'm really excited, though, because I can't believe it took us so... (laughs) What are you doing? I can't believe it took us so long to get to him, but we're actually finally getting to Draco Malfoy, and we'll be pairing him with Neville Longbottom. Yes, we will. Finally, we're getting some Neville justice. I've been talking about him for a while, and and it's a slash ship, so you know we're going to love it. We're going to have a great time. <laughs> and we'll be care of magical slashes again for yes, that. So exactly. Yeah. But uh yeah, so we're really excited about that. And as we said, so our telegram is I think at care of magical shippers, if I am correct. And then um ooh, so we wanted to update you guys on social media. So yeah. we are human and we can't always human well. Uh oh, correct. <laughs> Very, very correct. (laughs) So being two people who work full time and making a podcast and in my sense, two podcasts, um, getting around (laughs) to social media is very difficult. So for the most part, it'll be like Instagram and Twitter are just going to be kind of like episode updates and whatnot. And probably the occasional amazing meme that uh, Nathan makes because they are just gold. (laughs) Um, Otherwise, we'll probably be the most uh, active on Tumblr just because it's so much easier. I mean, you can just like reblog and cue shit. Yeah. And it's just so much easier. Askbox yeah. is always open. Both Nathan and I are checking it like all the time. And then of course Telegram as far as like if you want immediate direct interaction with us, that is great. And then of course we have our public Discord, which is also in the description. So you can hang out yeah. with us there too. But yeah. So get in touch there. Yeah. And we love you all and we can't believe we are this many episodes into this podcast i know but the fact that you are here and listening Mm -hmm. and taking part and being part of our weird and wonderful thing is so it means so much to us we see you we hear you Mm -hmm. we love you and we can't wait to catch you in the next one (laughs) 
catch you. We just were reeling you in after the sh- <laughs> ship and something, something. Oh my gosh. Uh, Juliana was doing so much better than we are. We're still struggling so hard in, in regards to yeah. ship puns. Um, our signups just, our signups just continue to be awkward. So bye. Well, <laughs> <laughs> well you know, I, I could go land ho, but I still. We have set sail and now we're back at the port. <laughs> yeah, because we don't go, ahoy, mateys, I know. you know, at the, at the start. Yar, I be Nathan and that be Max. Yar. I really don't want to so, start doing that. <laughs> no, that's not a good thing. I don't, that's not a good colour of us. I don't like it. I much prefer it when we're like high and by because it belies yes. the sort of unprepared <laughs> people that we are we're just we're we're terrible at this but we love doing it so we have to stop ourselves at some point that's the problem we could just keep talking forever so we have to have awkward sign-offs because it's essentially cutting us off yeah but but i'm just going to stick with my not saying anything bit Mm -hmm. and then bursting out laughing after about five seconds (laughs) see ya (laughs) adios oh gosh all right Editing Megs here. So apparently I did maths wrong and I messed up on what we're doing next. So instead of Drevel, we're going to be doing a Hagrid-centric episode because we wanted to release it on his birthday. So we'll be joined by our friend Fee and having a great time talking all about Hagrid, his character, as well as anyone and everyone we could see him paired up with. So Drevel will be making an appearance after that one so just it'll just be four weeks out instead of two so apologies on that regard but it's gonna be fun and can't wait to see you next time while you're waiting for the next episode all the shipping fun can continue online you can head over to all of our social media platforms like magical ship pod on twitter and instagram and care of magical shippers on tumblr You can get in touch with us by email at careofmagicalshippers at gmail.com, or you can leave us a voice message with all of your ship and fic thoughts and feels, and have the chance to be featured on a future pod episode. We are also live on Patreon. Patrons have access to early episodes, bonus content, extended uncut episodes with all of our nonsense, ficlets written by me, exclusive merch, and a patron discord. Another easy way to show your love for the pod is by leaving a review on Apple Podcasts. And thank you so much for listening.